I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, November 18th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, last night I was at 817 Sports Bar on Queen West, and I was watching the Canada soccer game alongside the Voyagers, which is the Team Canada fan club. They were playing Mexico in Edmonton, and wow, what a game. Did you catch any of it, Jay? I did a little bit. I saw the snow. Let me ask you a question. Does the Mexican team like playing in minus 10 in the snow in Edmonton? Judging by appearances, it looked like they just wanted to get the whole thing over with. It was like, it was brutal for them. They're, they're coming from like 30 degree weather. They show up here, it's negative 10, snowing. Yeah, it really did look like they took the foot off the gas at a certain point, just thinking, let's just get this over with. And get it over with the Canadian team did for their Mexican counterparts. It's a good win. It's a, it's a great win, and it puts them in really, really good place to qualify for the World Cup, which would be incredible. If they do qualify, Jay, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I'm going to Qatar. I think it's Qatar, but we'll see you there. Well, you know, tomato, tomato. Let's call it, they're not going to call the whole thing off because it's, it's an important soccer tournament. Brett, what do we have for Peak Calls today? For our first story, never Natalie. For our second story, new options. And for our last story, right to repair. For our first story, in a surprise to absolutely no one, Roger's board removed their CEO, Joe Natale, in the midst of a regulatory review of their takeover of Shaw. Brett, I thought we'd get a full week without talking about Rogers, but what is happening now? Did you miss them, Jay? I did. I've terribly. Yeah, me too. And so since Edward Rogers' victory in court and subsequent takeover of the board, it was expected that the board would move swiftly to toss out of the company anyone who opposed his power play. Now, obviously, target number one on this list, on his hit list, you know, hit list to be fired, was Joe Natale, the CEO who kicked off this whole battle royale in the first place. Now, here's some background. Ed Rogers had planned to get Natale fired months ago, but Natale found out about the scheme through a butt dial, which set in motion a corporate governance crisis at one of the country's biggest companies. Now, back in control, Rogers announced that Natale had been replaced by CFO Tony Staffieri. One of Staffieri's first moves appear at the public hearing over the Rogers proposed takeover of Shaw and help the company navigate through what's expected to be one of the biggest transactions of the year. So, Brett, are we going to hear about Rogers every single week now? Well, hopefully not. We like to mix up the content here at the Peak Daily. But we told you this was going to happen. It was pretty unlikely that after all the drama, Ed Rogers was going to make peace with all of his enemies. Now we'll really start to see what Ed's consolidation of Rogers means for the long term of the company. And it starts with another Italian-Canadian CEO. Continuing on the telco theme for our second story, Quebecor is moving ahead with its plans to launch a national wireless service. Jake, what is Quebecor up to? So you might not be familiar with Quebecor, but as the name suggests, they are a Quebec-based telco that's huge in their home province, but not really well known outside of it. They want to change all that though, Brett. Regulatory changes are creating an opportunity for Quebecor to expand to the rest of Canada. Originally, the company was going to wait and see if regulators would force Rogers to sell their mobile unit as part of the Rogers-Shaw merger so they could buy it. But they're just throwing that out the window right now and just saying YOLO. And just nice to have the first and second story quasi-related to each other. Yeah. And noting that the Rogers-Shaw merger is still under review, Quebecor CEO, like you said, Jay, just kind of threw that all out of the window and said, we're going to launch anyways. They're starting with Western Canada and Ontario, and they plan to use some of their competitors' infrastructure to get up and running. So, Jay, why should Peak Pals care about what Quebecor is up to? Well, for consumers like us, Brett, who already pay some of the highest data rates in the world, more competition is generally a good thing. So it'll be nice to have another option when our contracts expire on April 2022. I already have the date circled on my calendar. Yeah, and I'll get an iPhone 16 by then.
Well, good, good lead into our third story, Brett. You'll be able to repair that iPhone on your own because starting very soon, Apple will begin allowing customers in the U.S. to repair their own devices. How novel is that? Brett, what's up with Apple owners not being able to repair their own devices? And is it only because they have those weird shaped screwdrivers? Yeah, it's also because I've never soldered anything in my entire life. This was a crazy story, Jay. A lot of hardware companies like Apple restrict manuals and official parts. So customers are forced to go through them to get their devices fixed. That's why you can only get your iPhones fixed at Apple stores or at authorized retailers. As a result, companies like Apple can set artificially inflated prices for those repairs, and they force third parties, those registered dealerships, to pay to register for the privilege to conduct repairs. But now governments are starting to introduce right-to-repair laws. These allow users to either fix their devices on their own or go into an independent store to have them repaired. The Biden administration, in their antitrust executive order, instructed regulators to draft new right-to-repair rules, and this seemingly is Apple's response. Now, Apple will start out by selling parts for their iPhone 12 and 13, and soon to be your Apple 16, starting next year, and later for their M1-enabled Macs. Proposed legislation for right-to-repair rule was underway this year in Canada, too, but those talks ended when the election was called. So it's still unclear when we might be able to do this up here, but it's really just a short drive to Buffalo. So, Brett, why should people else care about the right to repair our Apple products? Uh, yeah, it, having to drive to Buffalo to get my iPhone repaired, that is, uh, I might as well just pay the extra hundred bucks. Uh, you might not have to worry as much about dropping your phone soon. With rights repair laws, you'll be able to get your devices fixed for a lot less than those geniuses charge at their bar. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Brett. And Brett, if I may indulge you, or will you indulge me, there is a special anniversary in my family. My sister-in-law, Alita Solomon, she is the chef and owner of Tutti Matti Restaurant on Adelaide, just east of Spadina, is celebrating 19 years as a restaurant. That is unheard of in the restaurant industry. So we wish her a happy restaurant birthday. Enjoy celebrating. We will see you later tonight. Have a great day, Brett.